Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi and welcome along to the Left on Red podcast. This week, Raf's joining me to discuss a painful defeat in the third round of the FA Cup to Nottingham Forest. Hello, it's good to be back, although not after a particularly pleasant week uh, of football, to be honest. Uh, seeing our rivals Tottenham, Chelsea, all of our top four rivals and the title contenders all go through and no more FA Cup football for us. Yeah, it's devastating. It's not been a good start to 2022 football-wise. Obviously, the performance against City was, was promising, but I think this defeat in the FA Cup, what it's really done for me is create a realisation of how far we are off as a squad. Yeah. And how I, thin our first eleven is. And... Yeah, and it's gutting as well because after the Man City game, it was when people were saying, this is really a sign of progress, and I still think it is. Oh, of course it but is. competing with, for me, by far the best team in Europe was a massive step, and it just feels like we've taken a couple steps backwards with this. Um, and it's, yeah, as of, you said, it's course, made us realise we've got a thin squad. Of course, AFCON injuries and COVID have exacerbated that. But the fact is, is that we've just about created an 11 that are not quite there, but almost there to compete. Yeah. And then what you need to really compete is 22 players of... So, you know, players in our first 11 right now may drop into into being squad players in a year or two. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that, that's the level that um, Chelsea and Man City and Liverpool... Yeah. Actually, not Liverpool... But Chelsea and Man City certainly have, which allows them to sustain yeah. challenges in, in, throughout different competitions. If you look at our first 11, we're one or two players away from really being a really good team, and I think a Champions League ready team. But then you look at the likes of Cedric, uh, Chambers, that are right back options in Holding. Yeah, Pablo Mari not even getting onto the pitch, he's so yeah. bad. Um, Eddie despite the fact that Ben White's played, I don't know how many minutes of football since he's been in. Yeah, he keeps on playing. Mikel ben White just, what is just obvious. He just loves make, him. Yeah, he loves him because he, he starts a lot of our our plays. He, he, it always goes through him. Uh, but not only that, it just shows that he's not convinced at all by Pablo Mari. Yeah. And I can't say I argue with that. Well, also, in addition to that, Ben White allows you to an alternative way of going through the first line. Absolutely. So instead of having to break a line and pass, sometimes yeah. it just carries the ball through a line, yeah. which we saw it quite a bit in yesterday's match, in a sense, what I'll get into in the tactics part, but I actually thought it was quite negative because it meant that actually both centre-backs holding and Ben White were both drive, trying to drive through the lines, but it wasn't... I mean, obviously it's good for them to drive, be able to drive through the lines, but it felt like it was instead of passing because we had no options to pass to. Yeah. Anyway, um, overall a really flat performance yesterday. What what did you do in the build-up to the match? Well, uh, it'd been a f- fairly busy week for me. I'd done two doubles the t- two two days previous to it, and then uh, after after each double, we'd gone to two different um, little gatherings, uh, which I was I, I attended as well. So mm. we 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 hadn't had much sleep um, going into the forest game, which didn't really help with the, the aggravation that it caused. Absolutely, but then the morning of the game, we played a little, little bit of game. Of oh tennis. yeah, our, our our build up to the match was was quite pleasant. We played mm. a bit of tennis down the park, you know, played a set. Yeah, George two Le- sets actually. Yeah, yeah, it was. So was it was Harry. Yeah. Uh, uh, George I think I won the first in, uh, one six four. You won the second one five one. Was that it? Five one. Yeah, we didn't quite finish the second set. Uh, or Harry not, can't okay. Count. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, but good, good, good little session of tennis. Yeah, no, uh, I love it. That's a business, despite. Um, and it made a really bright morning to my day. So, well, do you know what I was thinking, right? Is that when you play a game of football before before your team plays, or mm. in this case it was tennis, yeah. you kind of feel like, psychologically, right, I've done my job, now boys, you go out there and do that's your exact, job. That's exactly how I it's felt. That part of the I'm day. I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, but it's true, isn't it? And I did my job with my 5-1 thrashing of Harry in the second. Well, it might have been 6-1. Yeah. I've forgotten <laughs> no, the maths five. of tennis. We called it a day at 5, could, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah, yeah. Like, I had, I had enough. Mm. So... Leading up to the match, we were going to watch it together, but I think after tennis we were just a bit tired, so mm. I went back and watched it with my dad, and he was grumpy about the whole thing, didn't enjoy it, why would you, it was so flat, and what wound them up even more was Ali McCoy, the Scottish commentator, mm. he was just, you know, so negative, and everything's about, why have you got no players in the box, Yeah, and, and just comments like that were kneeling away, so by the 70th minute my dad's gone on Twitter and added him, uh, yeah. yeah, it was quite funny. I can't blame him at all, he is a bit of a dinosaur, and then the, you can kind of... Take, take it on your strides for the first 20 minutes, but as soon as you go 1 0 down, he's still going. Yeah, yeah. It bubbles under the water. It just bubbles under the water and it exploded. Yeah, my dad, he'd had enough. He called it a day. Mm. And to be fair, what really upset me after the match was that our performance was so flat and it didn't do justice to the campaign and the cause of what was meant to be a really historic, well, it still is a really historic day, but it was meant to be a very monumental day mm. that we tried to create with Adidas. And I think we should just touch on that. I think it was a beautiful, it was a wonderful campaign to wear white for, I, yeah. I don't know if we've ever worn white before, certainly not in a period think, of time yeah. that we can we did, we did we did have a white kit yeah but it had stripes of like, yeah, a, like it complete was like, flat it was white just complete kit. white, massive message. Um, no more reds. Cooperation from Idris Elba, Adidas and Arsenal. Uh, obviously, Idris Elba grew up um, he, in North London, I believe. Yeah, he did. As an Arsenal fan, and so he grew up with uh, kind of knife, knife crime and knife issues was, I imagine, prominent in his life. And yeah, and as it is, we, when we you live care. in London, you hear about it a lot, and you hear about it way too much. Yeah, opinion, and I mean, there's every, more times than not, some somebody of our age that you know in London yeah. will will be will not be related, will have knowledge or yeah. A, uh, an understanding of a situation where knife crime's been involved yeah. and it's so saddening and you just want to do the best that you can to, to help prevent it and I hope this campaign is inspiring to young people and helps them consider that their values and that they have abilities and um, talents in in ways that can bring joy to a lot of people rather than pain to a lot of people. And I think it's that feeling of love that Arsenal are trying to transmit to, to young mm. people in troubled backgrounds or troubled troubled environments. Because, yeah. you know, all of these kids are, are, are good people at heart um, most of the time. And they've just fallen into a to an unfortunate scenario, yeah. which is very hard to get out of. So think, it's just about trying to support them. Yeah, the money put into it has gone into kind of safe spaces um, for where they, uh, kids can do activities, play football, uh, play sports and just be in a safe environment rather than... Cause, I, th- I listened to Idris Elba's um, interview with Roy Keane and, and Ian Wright and he was saying... Roy that, Keane looked so uncomfortable being Yeah, there, yeah, he didn't fancy it at all. <laughs> but Idris Elba was talking about how when you're at school, you're with teachers, you're with uh, kind of these dis- disciplinary figures. People and then of as comfort, soon as you, support and, and admiration. Yeah, and but as soon as you leave home, sorry, leave school, on your way home, you're by yourself and I think it's giving them an opportunity to have something to do to fill the time and so they don't fall into... Well, it's, 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 he's spot on, so it's a very common thing, like getting from the school gates to home Mm. is the problem, it's the time period that you need to 
to deal with and the, the shutting of, of, of so many youth clubs in the last few years yeah. is outrageous. I don't, I don't know if that's down to the government or being um, pushed forward by the um, by the spread of COVID. Or, um, I, I haven't looked into it too much, but you need these safe spaces for people to go and express themselves in the right ways between going home from, from, from another safe space mm. within a school environment. You know, there's that classic thing, I don't know if you had it at your school, but kids that would be permanently excluded or just excluded for a couple of weeks, you know, at 3pm you knew they'd be by the gates on their yeah, bikes, yeah, just yeah. there to, to, to mm. meet their mates. And so it's that thing of after school to getting home, you're going to be with people that are influencing you badly if you're yeah. not put into environments where you can express yourself. So whether that be football or an art club or a book reading club or just like a youth club where you yeah. can go and play games no matter what the games are. I think Rashford spoke really well about it, how he was he was part of the youth club and he could play so many different games and it, it just enhanced his his passion for, yeah. for, for, well, not just for football, but for, for being competitive. Mm. And that's, you know, how you, you manage to release your energy as a, a, yeah. as a great and teenager. I, th- I think a lot of kids, I mean, you finish school at 3, 3.30 and, uh, I mean, you talk about a classic, classic nine to five. A best case scenario, your parents are home kind of five, six, you've got usually two, le- three usually hours. Usually later though. Usually later, but you've got at least two, three hours where kind of you're just by yourself and it's but, just giving them a space to, to fill the time. And a lot of the time it's not like us where we can, you know, go home, bring mates home mm. because we have a house. A lot of the time kids that are in this environment are living in massive yeah. council estates where there's no room to bring people home mm. or because you have lots of family living with you, yeah. your parents aren't happy for you to bring people home because it's disrupting other people's um, safe spaces, yeah. if, you, if you like. So yeah. it's it's so, so hard to balance, but just a real big up to Arsenal and Adidas for doing this campaign. Kudos to Idris Elba, Adidas and Arsenal, uh, but um, not so much for the, for the Arsenal performance. No, and let's dive into it. All righty. Uh, well, I think it's time to dive into Harry's uh, famous tactic session. Let's do it. It's not going to be a fun one. It's going to reflect the flat nature of the performance yesterday. Mm, there's no, there's no tiling away from it. Though. So with a, with a with a depleted squad, should mm. we say? Mikel had come up with a four three three, a pure four three three, nothing four two three one about it. No, no, no. So Lokonga was clearly a six. Yeah. And I actually thought he looked quite composed on the ball. I thought he was mm. one of the positives. Not that he did anything special, but yeah. it just you know it was another box ticked in the sense mm. that I can see that that's the role that he's going to be built into playing. Uh, so he was a six and you had Charlie Patino as a right, uh, left number eight and yeah. Martin Odegaard as a right number eight. Yeah. And structurally, it reminded me a bit of, the, not the formation wise, but structurally in how static we were in Arteta's tactics last season where players just seemed like they were so rigidly in the zones without any yeah. movement. It was like that with, with, with Patino and Odegaard as the two eights. They were in the half spaces in exactly the right positions but they were so flat and they had, neither of them had very much movement yeah. to get away from their man and lose their marker to get back into the space that yeah. they were or they were just in the right space without going away to come back to receive the yeah. ball yeah well I'm, I was going to say especially with Patino putting him in that area but he was he was often covered by about two, two or three humongous centre backs yeah. or, or, or a right back and he was just there and you just knew that he had nothing He's not, and Odegaard was, had a bit of initiative about it and came for the ball to try and carry yeah. it and make something happen but when you've got a, an 18 year old playing yeah. his debut for Arsenal to put him in that kind of position yeah, he was never going to throw I mean you, you basically got on to what I was going to mm. proceed with, with talking okay. about no 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 that's positive <laughs> it shows that we're, we're in tune with each other um, that Odegaard got the ball a little bit more and had a little bit more movement about him than Patino which in turn saw 
some link up with Saka and Saka having a bit more of the ball than, than yeah. Martinelli. The only times Martinelli really got the ball were like long through balls from yeah. holding. Um, we'll get on to Tavares in a minute because he had no yeah. fullback link or neither did Saka actually. Mm. We'll get on to our fullbacks in a minute. But when as a number eight in, in a 4-3-3, you're static, you can't get on the ball. But when you're moving and you're leaving your position to come back to your position, you then pick up the ball and your markers who's following you, whether that's another midfielder or a centre-back pushing onto you, don't know what to do so much. So then you can then receive it on the half turn and play slide balls or into the strikers or connect with your, your fullbacks and wingers, which is what Odegaard did at times. There was a one-two at the end of the first half where Saka was offside and that was that was a little glimpse of what, what I'm demonstrating. But neither of them did it enough and Bettino really struggled and we're not going to get onto him too much because he's a fabulous player and he just, if I'm honest with you, he didn't, he just didn't really look physically ready. Yeah. Um, which is a bit of a cliche thing, but he was getting shocked off the ball a lot. Uh, you've seen that with a couple of academy players. So was, uh, um, uh, Balligan against Brentford. You just, yeah. You don't really feel like they, they might have the technical ability. Yeah. And despite the fact they've played a lot of under-23 football, there's, it's just a different different kettle of fish here. Yeah. And, and and the last thing I want to say about playing playing this 4-3-3 with the two eights, and the two eights particularly being so flat, mm. was that because there was a lack of movement with, with, with the eights to come in and out and occupy different half spaces, it basically left the centre of the pitch completely isolated. So at times, Eddie was dropping in as a false nine because that's where the space was. That's the first thing to say about that. And the second thing to say about that is it also meant that sometimes, as we spoke about um, in the previous section, Rob Holding or Ben White, especially in the second half when we got a bit desperate, would just try and drive and break as many lines as possible because they didn't have a number eight occupying those pockets to break the lines into themselves. So mm. by carrying the ball, they tried to then um, create more passing lanes for themselves. So these were things that, you know, with more movement, this system would have worked really, really well. But... I, I was quite disappointed. In Odegaard did a bit more than Bettino, but overall in Odegaard, because I've seen much better from him yeah, in yeah, that yeah. role. But but yeah, Eddie dropped in as a false nine because that the space was central. And I just thought to myself, he didn't really link up very well when he did that. And it screamed for Lacazette to be on. Yeah. Um, not saying Lacazette was amazing when he came on. We played a different system when he came on, actually. Mm. But that role suits him perfectly where you play with two eights yeah. and then there's a bit of space in between he can get the ball link up and suddenly you've got runners in beyond from the wings so I think actually Arteta's tactics weren't terrible it was his decision to play Patino as, as, as an eight in there yeah. um, but he didn't really have many many other options yeah exactly Smith oh, you've got a really depleted out. team there uh, so many of our midfielders are out with Mo and, and Party gone as well yeah we just lacked any initiative, really? Well, well, initiative, movement and fluidity, I would say. But then the last thing I wanted to talk about, especially from our first half and well, the first 60 minutes of our performance in terms of an Arsenal um, tactical output was we can get onto our number eight for a lack of movement, but both our fullbacks were so bad that, you know, you know, down the wings, you kind of sometimes, Liverpool do it a lot, they create triangles with the, the, the fullback, yeah. the winger and the number eight. Mm. And there's a bit of rotation in that sense. So, so you've got a bit more wide rotation and central rotation, which we've already discussed. They ha- there was no possibility for that because Tavares, ev- literally every time he got the ball, he lost it yeah. or get or or went under his foot. And Cedric just didn't do anything. Like, he didn't offer mm. anything. He made two or three overlaps in the whole match and ghost just didn't, just, it was literally a ghost performance. Mm. So, Therefore, I find it quite hard to, to overly criticise um, the wingers because they, they didn't have number eights moving to connect the players and they didn't have yeah. fullbacks overlapping. So you, you were sort of isolated with these long balls. And, yeah. and it also made the midfielders' lives harder because they didn't have an option to, to connect with 
to then receive the ball again and play forward into the wing. So it was just, I think the right word to use is flat. It was so stagnant. I don't know if you're finished with your tactic. No, no, we've we got a bit more, but what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to ask what you felt about the uh, Arteta taking Tawarej off. Oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. What was it? Um, well, I, th- I think I, I agree. I mean, if I was the manager, I would take him on. He was outrageously bad. What I really enjoyed was the fact that when we brought Tierney on, the first, yeah, <laughs> the first thing that happened was, I think, holding past the ball and it slipped under his foot as well. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, I, t- I texted Lowell actually and mm. I said, can we please buy a left back that can control the, that can control mm. the ball this window? Because honestly, they're as bad as each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tierney's a bit more secure on the ball, but... Just- but Tavares so really consistent because every now and then he's he play as an absolute blinder, blinder. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, very little going from. I mean, she has halfback, which was with his right foot. Yeah, you almost lost the keeper. Miles, yeah, take no subtlety. I can't quite believe it when I've seen it. Um, um, I doubt we'll see him for a few weeks now because he threw his hairband and gloves on the floor towards Arteta. I, I actually, I don't think he really overreacted for that. As in, because it. I, it, it was it Arteta? Was it almost frustration with himself? Well, it's it doesn't really matter. It's it's the symbolism of what you like, like the aggression. I think is a better word than symbol. The aggression of throwing something at the floor, sort of in the direction of the manager. It it just comes across as disrespectful to the club and to the manager. The actual action within itself, and he probably or the intention behind the action is probably anger within his own performance yeah. and being taken off, and also as an ego, mm. you know, players have egos, so yeah. his ego's been been stroked a bit there in, in a negative especially, way. Especially when you haven't played for weeks, team has yeah. got your place, yeah. um, and then you, the first chance you get against Nottingham Forest, you blow it in half. The, the an thing, hour. the thing to do is 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 not to do that and and to to go into the changing room and. I don't know like kick a water bottle or something stupid like that let your anger out in a private manner I mean if you go back to the Spurs documentary you know Mourinho kind of encouraged his players to you know fight with each other a bit in the dressing rooms mm. and, and show that passion in a private manner where you're not you're not deeming disrespectful to, to the yeah. situation especially when it's so fresh and you've just come off the pitch so I don't think it'll be a, a massive punishment but I doubt we'll see him in the next two or three games Yeah, he won't play against Liverpool no, after that. Sure. I'm not sure in the next oh, he won't play in either Liverpool games or the Spurs game in between. No, so he, exactly. he, he he'll have a few weeks as as, as which will be quoted as punishment, but mm. he wouldn't have played anyway. So it doesn't make that much of a when, difference. When when does that mean he plays? Because now we're out the Burnley after after just, after Spurs in the league. I don't know. He's going to have to work hard to get know. back into the setup. I mean, we said Chini's fairly injury prone, so he will have his opportunities at one point in the season. Yeah, for sure. So let's get on to the Forest tactics then. They were it was interesting. I. I think their manager's called Cooper. He's a funny-looking mm. chap. Yeah, very um, funny. He's, I know that he, he's come through the Barcelona um, yeah. coaching setup with Mikel Arteta. Mm. They had a sim- I think they had the same mentor. They said on ITV, I can't remember his name. But he's also worked in the England setup, the 21s, a lot. And he, he helped Saka's development quite a lot. Yeah. So I think he's meant to be quite a good coach. He looked um, absolutely finished. Yeah, he, he did. He, he, looked, he, he, looked he, looked, he looked like he'd come back from the dead. Yeah. Like, he, interesting-looking man. But, you know, he got his... I mean, they weren't particularly amazing, but they were solid and he got his tactics decent. I mean, they played a 3-4-3 three, three, yeah. and essentially they had wing-backs bombing on, one particularly better than the other. I quite enjoyed seeing the return of Jack Colback. You know, the guy that played for, the ginger guy that played yes, for Sunderland yes, and Newcastle. He played at left wing-back for them. I didn't, I didn't actually um, know that Cook, sorry to interrupt you, I didn't know Cook was a... Yeah, I didn't know he'd gone to yeah. um, Forest either Bournemouth from Bournemouth. Bournemouth. But, yeah, I, here we are. Like 39 or something, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Old. Um, <laughs> But no, I've forgotten the name of their right wing back, but he was so good. He was giving uh, us Spencer, nightmares. Spence, Spence, Spence. Spence what it was? Player. Oh, it was 
Jod Spence, but the Jod was spelt with a D before the J. Massive. Was it? It was, it yeah, was no, he had Martinelli on toast. Yeah, and, and Tavares. And yeah. anybody that he came up against, he was dribbling past, um, cutting back crosses, putting long crosses. He, he, he was a man of the match, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And then you had two fairly stagnant, boring central midfielders that didn't really do anything. Mm. And then you had the three up front. And they were actually quite fluid. They were moving around quite a lot. The one constant was the guy on the right wing, who I think has been linked with a lot of Premier League teams. I've forgotten mm. his name again. He was running in beyond. He was like the runner in beyond quite a lot. And the striker and the guy playing on the left of the three, they were quite fluid. And that, I think, what I noticed was when Spence got down the right, they did that so that he had different crossing lanes to play. So he had back post, front post and cut yes. back, which is, is really fair, fairly classic tactics. Mm. Um, but... Apart from that, that was it. They weren't that that good. They were quite. It was a really too. It was a really boring game. I wasn't it was impressed by them. I think it, it was very. There flat. was just nothingness from either side, and they managed to get a, a winner at the end. Yeah, it was a lovely goal actually. Yeah, it was their, really their goal, goal was really good. Um, nice. Their striker's got a wonderful beard. Yeah, uh, Lewis Grabben. Yeah, yeah, I didn't well. enjoy the commentator saying he's grabbed it late on. You know, I don't know. I'm not going to complain, is it? Yeah. <laughs> they they came up with all these wood analogies at, at full time as well because they're forest, and I just turned it it's off. It's had enough. Yeah. <laughs> how'd they do it um, yeah so then we changed tactics with about 20 minutes left and brought Lacazette on for Patino and it was a 4-4-2 4-2-3-1 hybrid where Lacazette and Eddie played up front together Odegaard played on the left of a pivot with Lukonga but sometimes Lacazette would kind of drop into a left number 8 position but it was quite fluid and it didn't really do anything it didn't really help didn't yeah we, we didn't it didn't bring any more initiative, any more flair to the game. No, it didn't increase the tempo either. Yeah, I mean, I think I can think of two chances we had. One was the Enketia header. The other one was right. when he kind of he broke through and had a shot when he could have played it. I mean, maybe one more which you were talking to me about earlier. Where oh yeah, um, was Sa- it, it was Saka, Saka on could the have right. cut inside and he and he tried to play Lacazette, Lacazette, he Lacazette two at the back it. post and he had a, a cut back and Eddie was free as a bird on the penalty sport and it's a goal if he cuts it back but for some mm. reason Saka decides to put a more complicated cross into the that annoyed me because that was a few minutes before Forrest scored and that would have been us through game yeah. done and it was just a poor decision from Saka um, but I was having only I could only think of two three clear cut not chances, even clear cut chances they weren't clear cut chances no and yeah it's fairly it was, it was, and it's going especially after because we had a massive lull um, of not scoring goals not scoring many goals uh, in the first year of Arteta and we've just come into it scoring 18 goals in four games or something like that. We've just got through it and it's been and We've just got days, through yeah. it and, and having that kind of relentless pressure we had that against Man City despite only scoring one goal and it's just, that was, it was kind of back to Backwards our kind of turn. tedious... Well, um, we're going to have to come up with something better for, for Liverpool, aren't we? Because Most definitely. And I, think, so, I think we will. I think we will as well. Hopefully we'll have Smith-Rowe and Xhaka back and it's a different team with those two in there. Yeah. Time for our player ratings. Harry, would you say you're our worst three players were? Oh yeah, considering we lost, I guess we are going to have to do a worst three. I'm going to go third worst. Eddie Nketiah didn't okay. take his chance, didn't link up well when he had to. And then apart from that, his runs weren't that great. Do you reckon that he's partially affected by the fact that this January window, rumours flirting around, he doesn't know? Well, there's maybe, maybe to some extent, because there's definitely mind games going on where we've offered him a nice new contract, but it's really so that we can sell him for more money. And it's kind of that state of knowing that you're not wanted, but you're wanted mm. because you're not wanted for, for, for somebody else's benefit. So maybe, but it was it was just poor from but him. But you'd think he'd want to put himself in the shop window, try and get um, kind of 
Well, he has Clubs done, hasn't there. he, through his cup, cup performances so far this season. Yeah, but it's, it's, just, it's his time to shine even more now that, now that the window has started. Yeah. Trying yeah. to get his wage bill up. Well, he hasn't helped himself yesterday. No, he hasn't at all. So, second worst, I will go for Cedric Diggory. Harry Potter fans, you know what I mean. So, he was just so... <laughs> Why have you gone with Diggory? Well, Cedric Diggory. Right, well, that yeah, makes sense. yeah. Well, <laughs> what well, doesn't make sense is his lack of overlaps and underlaps and availability on the ball and crosses and just exactly. it's almost like we played with ten men yesterday. It, it was really so is. bad. And there's something about his size and his lack of physicality where you just he's going for like a one and one and you just don't fancy him. It was yeah. like when a Bamyang like faced off on a player with the ball and he's like, <laughs> hey, he has got absolutely nothing, and he never did. He no, never did. yeah. And then you know who I'm going for for our worst player, Nuno Tavares. Uh, just abysmal, honestly. I mean, I just don't understand how, how can you be playing at this level if you can't control the football. And yeah. it's not hard to control a football. It's not hard to control a football. So I'd like him to get on the pitch and receive the ball. You'd hope that, you'd hope that ne- when he cut next comes into a game, he'll be trying to redeem himself. Um, because we know that when he runs at players, when he's under control, at s- pace in the final third, he can be frightening. He can be scary good. Yeah. So if, if I was to pick a best player for us, mm. not that there was anybody above five and a half, six out of ten, I'd have to go Sambi Lakonga because not not that he was exceptional, but I thought as a pivot, single pivot, he, you know, his positioning was, was there was nothing wrong with his positioning. He received the ball nicely yeah. from the two centre-halves. He then connected, he tried to connect the play. It was quite hard for him because as we spoke about, the eights weren't moving around enough. And But he, yeah. did, he did what he could do. He didn't lose the I ball think with, often. Within his and role, he yeah, did the most. Exactly. And what's actually surprising is that that's the first game he's played since his man of the match performance against Newcastle. Oh, really? Yeah, because okay. he had COVID, then he's been out of the team. Cause yeah, no, he's been out for a month, hasn't he? He's been out for a month. Yeah. Right, so opposition player, best player, man of the match was Spence at right wing back. Also, I thought the player on the right, the three, I can't remember his name, was fairly decent as mm-hmm. well. But uh, can I, the only player I can name is Spence. So Spence. Uh, I think that's we're fairly a, limited that, in this department. That speaks volumes. It speaks volumes. So we're back with a quiz and Rath is going to take Lowell's place and play for him. So there's yeah. points on the line in our weekly quiz here. Yeah, so you've got a lot of responsibilities yeah, on your shoulders. I feel it, I feel it. I really well, do. you know, it's a very serious quiz, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are you ready? Yeah. Go on, then. So the first question is, who assisted Mickey Thomas as winner in the 1989 game at Anfield? Um, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to take a little plunge. <laughs> Uh, I can't say I know. You've got a brilliant Gary Neville noise out of you there. Um, oh, you just knew that was going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. You got something jotted down? I got something jotted down. Okay, here we go then. Name me either the mm. score or our scorers in our last FA Cup defeat to Forest in, in the third round. Can you repeat that one more time for me? So, name me either the score yeah. or a little clue here, our scorers, so one or the other, in in our la- last FA Cup defeat in the third round to Nottingham Forest, it was it was in twenty seventeen. Gotcha. Cool. And the third question is: In light of Maitland Niles joining Roma on loan for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. which other ex Arsenal player is currently playing with him? Gotcha. Can never spell his name, but I've no, got the right either. answer. Yeah, I know you've got the right answer. Butchered that. <laughs> We're gonna have to get your spelling out loud here. Uh, okay, okay, for the fans. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, all right. Question one: Who assisted Mickey Thomas in '89 at Anfield? 
I know this is wrong, but I've gone with I've gone with Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? You're not that far off. I know I'm not. I know so, I'm not. Um, our keeper rolls it out to Dixon, and he plays a wonderful like he whipped swings ball. one in. And, I and remember... do you know do you know who, who, who controls it on the chest? Who was it? Alan Smudge Smith, you know Smudges. Yeah, you, yeah. You he's bet. chested it and he's done a lovely little through ball into Mickey I Thomas. Ju- I've just, I've just watched the interview of Dixon going after it's absolutely put. I've looped it in. Well, you've and got. I've you've, kind of looked down and it's in. Yeah. Well, uh, you've got the pre-assist there. I've got the pre-assist. Yeah. I think half a point. No, 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 no. Well, no worries. No, no worries. I'm so far behind. Okay. I want my points. <laughs> All right. Um, so name me either the score or our scorers in our last FA Cup third round defeat to Nottingham Forest. Well, straight off the bat, I can tell you that Rob Holding scored. No. <laughs> is that by any chance? Is that any? Is uh, any chance? Is that by any chance? Because ITV told us that he scored against Nottingham Forest. His last goal was against Nottingham Forest. I just thought it was. Was it, I, 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 uh, subconsciously because he's uh, Rob Holding's last goal was against um, uh, was Nottingham Forest in the League Cup at the Emirates. Wait, wait. Well, I've gone for the score is three one. Right, the score was four two. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Jordan, 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 last ditch. Two goal scorers. Twenty seventeen. Uh, we're playing that, we're that blue kit if that helps Olivier Giroud uh, unfortunately not no, what about no. Per Mertesacker he, he was one of the scorers I thought it was Per Mertesacker and, give me my yeah, second guess and the other, and the other goal scorer was um, that guy Welbs that guy Welbs what a man oh what a legend alright so I'm 0 for 2 no worries but you got the last one though haven't you Mkhitaryan Mkhitaryan Hen- a little spelling I've for the crowd I've gone with a little M-Y-K-R <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a K and a H before the Y yeah, but you never know where, do you? Yeah, it's so hard uh, to place. M Y K I T T T A R Y. It's tart, and then it's like Ryan. Yeah, it's a hard spelling, but he's a tricky little player. He was quite good for for, for us at points. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had his moments. He's been really good at Roma. Actually. He has, hasn't he? And Mourinho, some, suddenly after um, annulling him at his time at Manchester United, yeah, got him got him going at Roma. Yeah. So fair I mean, he's a prime that. example of a player not quite working in the Premier League. He was outrageous at Dortmund. Yeah, not so good at United and Arsenal. Although he did have his moments. Yeah, he did. So that little chip through. And it wasn't a chip through ball. Through ball for Bamiyang when he chipped it on his debut. Mm, I remember. Honestly, I a, thought we signed a world class striker. It, yeah, and I then, mean, it was a talk I, of the town when uh, we got Orba and Mickey in because apparently they were they were a piece of Pod at Dortmund, yeah, a little link, link up. up, and then the, Mkhitaryan got three assists in his debut against Everton. Oh, and yes. then the first one, the first one about yeah, and he left foot chips over the keeper. Yeah. I thought he was on re reincarnated. Yeah, I mean, he was about a couple yards off. When you actually go back and that's exactly what yeah. I was when you go back and watch it, Babia just was outside. miles outside. <laughs> anyway, fair fair play, good luck to Roma. I quite like the team they're assembling there. They've got yeah, a good, good little player, lots of good young players bubbling up together. And yeah. don't really like their manager, but most definitely, he's um, a prick. So I've taken a 2-1 win, which means that it is 6-3 to Lowell overall. So we are going to go into an FA Cup roundup rather than a PL roundup this week. Mm. There's some absolute bangers to talk about. Once you get past the depression of the Arsenal result, yeah. you can really appreciate the magic of the cup again. Mm. It's a beautiful thing to see. Uh, lots of lower league teams overcoming uh, Premier League or Championship teams. Oh my gosh, Boreham Wood defeating... AFC Wimbledon 2 0. And they scored two really good goals. And I just, I was saying to my dad, it's Wimbledon losing to Boreham Wood, it's like us losing to Wimbledon. It's like three, mm. four divisions apart yeah, from each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how I like to think about lower league teams advancing far in the FA Cup now is how many divisions are they above hashtag United in the football pyramid? Exactly. I mean, what little team hashtag? <laughs> I mean, just, I mean we, we haven't shouted uh, out Spencer before uh, this, in, on this podcast, but he might be the love of our lives. Like me he, and might, he might be his father, lover. Dongola, uh, hero, husband. Um, he's obviously magician. Secret, 
<laughs> secret caretaker of of hashtag United. Um, got um, got shares and stocks in Real Oviedo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked right foot really does. This can play left back, like, right back, like, centre back. He's a bit like Teriyaku Tomiyasu. Well, you know, I was going to say he's a bit like Aspilicueta. Yeah, that too. That too. Who that does too. sponsor Hashtag United. He does. I don't like yeah. him as a player, but as a man, you know, mm. if you're involved in Hashtag, you're my type of guy. Anyway. Anyway, back to the, <laughs> back to the football. Enjoy that little diversion. Yeah. The, the the first game we have to talk about is Barnsley versus Barrow. I mean, 5-4. Mm. Oh, my what God. It ha- I mean, it had every type of goal that you it wanted. Had every type of goal. Oh, my God. It had, like, a the this B-Tech Luke Ayling-looking captain <laughs> with a ponytail. <laughs> oh, he's absolutely right. He's, he's, he's absolutely missiled that into the top. It's, he's just, you know, David Luiz giving him a phone call before the game mm. and giving him some instructions there. But also, then you've got a Rui Delap throwing goal from Barrow as well. So you've got a lovely variation of goals. Lovely variation. Um... Uh, and it was just it was just back and forth, back and bit of pinball, pinball football, pinball one, football. One, one, two, one, what two, you want to see in the FA Cup. You don't really yeah. want to see Pep Guardiola tactics. Yeah, exactly. The goal to make it three two for Barnsley, where their players pin the um, the defender and then whipped it in the top oh, end. Yes. I mean, that's proper panache. Yeah, but p- panache for days, panache for days. Um, I'm, I'm, there was oh, and then the, the Barrow goal to make it four four. Um, <laughs> The one where the, the ball kind of dropped and the keeper's like off his line and he just absolutely toe blows oh, yeah, it into the bottom corner. It was the most League Two goal yeah, I've ever it's, seen. It's absolutely. And then what you know, game. I'm gutted for for Barrow because the the, the Barnsley winner was just such a sh- shitty little. Oh, yeah, like, and there were so many good goal. goals and it was back and forth. We were listening. I believe we were listening to it with Barrow commentary because they were off their nut. Yeah, they were going Barrow mental. Scored, yeah, and they looked devastated. So that was that was definitely game of the weekend, and then. Upset of the weekend, it's either between I mean, Boreham Woods and, and, and who we've already discussed. But I've got to give it to Kidderminster Harriers. They defeated Reading 2-1 at home. Mm. And I didn't watch the match, but I've seen seen the goals. And it was the most non-league goal you'll ever see. It was like a corner, like 15 million people on, 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 on the yeah. on the goal line. And somebody's just like scrambled and barged their way into the into the net with the ball. And that's that. That's won the game for I mean, Trippier's debut as well. He's come from playing... But about to be playing another season of round round of sixteen Champions League. Now he's in with a relegation. The Spanish battle. champions. Now he's the in, Spanish yeah. champions. Now he's in a relegation battle. He's been knocked out by a non-league team. That, well, that's another 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 argument for the biggest up, up, cup upset is Cambridge United beating the richest team in the world, mm. which I quite enjoyed the sound of that. Yeah. Um, but no, what what I enjoyed is post um, Kidderminster Harriers Reading. Um, there, there's a video circulating on, online, and and the coach goes. We've not qualified this far in the FA Cup for over a hundred years now. Well, guess what? We're doing it now, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a bit like thug. Yeah, it does a little bit. <laughs> um, so that 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 was enjoyable. And then another another close game was was Wigan three Brighton um, Blackburn two. A bit of a northwest derby there. Mm. Um, and the, I haven't actually seen the goals, but on my phone the alerts were pinging left, right, and centre when I was at work for that one. So that must have been a banger. And then QPR. Not goals. It reminds me of that uh, Boxing Day in uh, in 1963. 1963. Yeah. Day my dad was born. That 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 meme that comes day. out yearly. It's yeah. just it's just you know, it's one of those things like tax and death that's just certified in life. Is that on Boxing Day you're going to get a meme about 1963 football? Oh yeah, of course, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, so QPR Rotherham eight seven on penalties. Not the first time QPR in the cup this year have gone into a massively exciting penalty shootout. They, they beat Everton in the League Cup, I remember, like 13-12 or something. On so they've got a habit. 
Reminds me of last season, hashtag United going through the qualifiers. And oh, that might be the best game I believe it was seen. three penalty shootouts on the trot they won. And some of the penalties, I remember... Um, the, it, it, was, it was about 1918 or something. <laughs> yeah. There was crazy. consistency spend doggy dog And then the, the pitch invasion was crazy afterwards. I mean, oh, if yes. only I could be there. I might have to buy one of the hashtag shirts this season. I think I might do. <laughs> might be an early birthday present mm. to myself. Um, so then, what I wanted to talk about was on BBC One on Sunday um, was Hull Everton. 3-2 to Everton. Hull actually decent, although having said that, you don't have to be that good against Everton. They are shite. Yeah. Um, big up to the, my guy Josh Hines, Hinesy as he goes by. Mm. You're never going to be listening to this, but lots of love from from the Costa households. He's come on, he's made his debut. We played together at West Ham for many a year, Massive. and what I quite enjoyed was the fact that at three two in extra time, he's come on to try and help them win, and. Huller put a corner in and one of your teammates Heinze has volleyed it and Begovic has made an unreal save and the ball's dropped just in front of Be- Begovic and Heinze has gone and he's tried to like nip his toe in front of the keeper and he just like kicks Begovic and you see Heinze rolling over and over and screaming and it reminds me when we're back in the academy honestly this guy he was known as like the biggest diver yeah. he used to say to us like if he wins a penalty you know he's dived like 100 like 100 like he used to tell us i try and get players yellow cards he's just a bit of a shithouser oh, okay but you know very happy that you made your debut mm. congrats bro um and yeah no hull scored a, um, a screamer by the way to equalize lovely like whip left foot into the top bins yeah. from a right foot Lots of fantastic goals this weekend yeah brilliant goals and then andros townsend scored like a 35 yard screamer Did to he? win it with his right foot really poor goalkeeping it was right in the middle of the goal he just mm. banged in the keeper wasn't there yeah um so everton you know have got some life to hold on to yeah. after drastic form yeah, in the magical league magical weekend which makes it all the more gutting that, that we're not going to see any more more of a pick-up football at the Emirates this season. No, no, and, and and the last game that I really wanted to focus on was was Millwall versus Palace. What game? Um, the proper London derby that mm. Michael Elise showing up with with a goal and a good performance. I've heard. I haven't haven't really watched much of the game back, but I heard that as you'd expect with it being Millwall, there was some uh, homophobic and racist um, abuse towards Crystal Palace players, and that's that Millwall themselves are doing an investigation into that. So, um, but I, I can I can only imagine the, the, the London police, not just with Millwall Palace, but also with West Ham Leeds, was yeah. so, you know, stressed out about this weekend. Yeah. There's, there's four, not fantastic scheduling. Four, who, yeah, yeah. four hooligans of, of, yeah. of fan groups. Actually, I also, I watched, I actually watched uh, a good hour of West Ham Leeds before flicking over to, the, I've got more games to talk about, actually. Um, West Ham Leeds, Leeds were actually really good. West Ham countered well and were strong defensively. Um, Lanzini, what a magic little player he scored and that was that I mean uh, Declan Rice at full time says give us anyone and they've been given Kidderminster Harriers in the next round away so um, that that should be a fun tie but mm. I switched over from West Ham Leeds uh, about half an hour left with the hope that Tottenham were actually in the bottom against Morecambe yeah, was... and then oh my god I've never seen two more stupid goals conceded in my life but have you seen the, the, the Spurs no, goals I haven't seen them but I couldn't so watch it with, with 10 minutes left Harry Winks basically puts in a corner and it goes directly in but the keeper basically jumps forward but his foot works so bad he jumps forward like three steps and if he just stayed in his line he would have caught the ball really so that's mistake. the second mistake is in like the 86th minute um, their right back just got the ball and then panics on the halfway line just decides to turn around like checking his shoulders and Moore just nips it nips it oh. off and runs the length of the pitch rounds the keeper and scores didn't have the heart to watch that um, and it was so depressing and and, and, the, and that right back was crying live on telly afterwards really? well I mean it was like the most pathetic piece of football yeah. I've seen in, in a while it was so like so poor 
Um, so that cost them. But big up to Morecambe for giving Spurs a run. They were rubbish up until Kane and Mora came on. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, Liverpool looked like they were in for an upset for about five minutes when Brewsbury Town strike did the sewer and field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just this has gone too far, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, everyone's just stretching it at this mm. point, really. Um, but then, yeah, Liverpool came through fairly comprehensive win, which they should be confident with going into their first leg cup tie in the semi-final against us on Thursday, which we're going to go into and do a little preview for you on that yeah, channel, aren't we? Absolutely. Anyway, it's gutting we're out of the FA Cup, but, you know, can try and support support the underdogs yeah. from now on. Hopefully we can cup. try and redeem ourselves. So, this Thursday we've got Liverpool-Arsenal at Anfield. Massive game, time to try and redeem ourselves after... First leg of the... Semi-final, yeah. Obviously, cup, isn't it? obviously, would have been the second leg, but um... yeah. So I, I've seen that Klopp's come out post FA Cup third round and said that it turns out we had a whole, whole load of false, um, false negatives. Oh, false, false positives. positives. Really? Yeah. yeah. So essentially, they could have played us. Wow. So that's going to cost us big time because we would have had a stronger squad and they would have had depleted squads and. Now it's vice versa yeah. a little bit. I don't know. I who mean, they've got and they still it'll be a fairly balanced squad. They're still missing Kater Salah. Marnie uh, and probably a few players to COVID as well. I'd imagine. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, but big question is whether we've got the likes of Granit Xhaka back, who's really been imperative in this uh, and, in the and next month. Yes, our Smith Rowe and Smith Rowe. Those two being back yeah, to help yeah, yeah. a lot. We'll I've, have Gabriel back, which will make a difference. Yeah, I've heard that uh, Smith Rowe was just a precaution. Uh, he had a slightly tight knee, uh, but okay. he, that he should be back for Thursday, and he really needs to be back, especially when you consider how much football Odegaard has played, how much yeah. football. Ben White has played. Yeah, I don't know if Gabriel's going to replace Ben White or if he's going to replace. I think he's with Ben White. I think I think they'll both. I think ben White partnership back in business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm wondering whether Tommy had just had a little niggle with being rest because he sure. can't have COVID again because he had COVID and then he recovered and played yeah. in the city. So it must have just he's either he's injured or being. Re- I'm hoping he just rested against Forest because that what, makes a big difference. What I would say if that is if he's not back, I want to see Callum Chambers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We were speaking about this. Chambers is a better defender. He's got a better cross, and he's more technically gifted at passing. He's got a physical you know, presence. Ced- Cedric's got like a few chops and stepovers here and there. Mm. And that's about it. He's got a bit of a ping on him, but he hasn't really used it recently. Yeah. Um, but I'd want to see Callum Chambers back. What 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 lineup would you would you bring to the team? I would go. I'd play Leno in nets because you know yeah. he's good. He's good enough, and yeah, you've got you got to play him in the cups. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tommy or Chambers, dependent on fitness. And then Timmy left back, Gabriel and Ben White centre halves. I play Laconga Xhaka double pivot with Odegaard as the ten, Smith Rose the left winger cutting in. I'll give Martinelli a rest. I play mm. Saka on the right and I play Lacker up top. Yeah. But I mean I'd be happy with Martinelli mm. on the left as well. I just I, I think I want Xhaka in there for a bit of steel to help out with Laconga. Yeah. And with Xhaka in there I'd prefer Smith Rowe on the left because then you can get Smith Rowe and Odegaard in the pockets and mm. you can still get Tinny holding the width yeah. so that, that that's what I do in terms of tactics but I'm happy with Martinelli playing do you reckon they're going to well. try and play the strongest team that they've got or do you reckon they'll rest and play a couple of players I think they'll play as strong as, as, as they can yeah. I don't know who they're playing on the weekend but it's not Which like isn't as strong as it? it would be yeah um, I think who, who will play. is the away goals rule in, in place I don't um, think so. It's not. No. It's not in the Champions okay. League. So, I so what would what would um no because it traditionally was but I'm not sure if they've got rid of it in the last year or two. I'm not sure actually. Uh, we need to look uh, into that. But, uh, what would a good result be? B- being within being within a goal of Liverpool, so definitely two one one one. I mean, a win would be a fantastic. 
but I'd, I'd, being in the tie for the second second leg I, being at home I don't, is now I don't fancy us getting overturning a two goal uh, but that's what we need deficit, we can go to the yeah. Emirates with with no away goals rule and yeah. being one level on goals yeah. or within one goal then we're in business I think for, 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 even if we can just drag it onto extra time yeah at the Emirates slug it out yeah. um, well I think at the Emirates if we play at our best with our strongest team we'll beat this this, this yeah. mixed up Liverpool team Definitely. with first team and second team players so. at Anfield it might be a bit more tricky but mm. I'm, I'm feeling positive but the big one is the derby in between because that's got like uh, becomes a six or seven point doesn't it with their games in hand so let me let me have a quick little look at the prep but they've got two games in hand well yeah, well, they, they, they're projected to go four points clear which makes it seven points clear I think definitely I mean what I would say is that they've also got Chelsea after us as in the league and, and, and Wolves after something. us in the league as but well. really it's a must win it's we a must can't win for lose. us yeah. can't lose that. we can't lose no not at all but really big week for us and we've got to come out with from, in my opinion come out with getting into a final and, and winning a North London derby away yeah most definitely All right, time for us to go now. Uh, it's been another wonderful episode with Mr. Harry Costa. I uh, hope to see you back. Uh, massive week coming up. Try and redeem ourselves after a really disappointing loss to Nottingham Forest in the Cup. Try and get to another League Cup final and hopefully we can do the business unlike we did in 2018. And 2011. And, 20, and 2009. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't have a good track record, but hopefully this is the year we're going to change Not it. at all. I've people, got faith. Yeah, running up to a big week. Let's be positive, Gooners. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Up the gun.